Hey there, everybody. This is your host, Gourmet. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. I'm excited to have you with us today, and I'm ready to bring you the story of another another dude that has definitely you know earned a spot on this show and you know gone through a journey that I think a lot of you out there will relate to on some levels and also be inspired by on others. So with me today, I have Logan Goodall. Logan, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good, good. I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I think I remembered it was it was Friday when I woke up today. For a se- for a second, I thought it was Saturday with everything going on. You know, sense of time can be challenging, but it is definitely Friday. So glad to end the week. You know, with us finally being able to have a discussion, I think that's going to be good. And and the first question I ask everyone, Logan, is for in your words, what what qualifies you to be on the Fat Guy Forum? Um, I, that's still a hard question to answer, but it's, I reached a point where I was nearly 600 pounds at my heaviest weight. And within, I think it was a year and a half, I lost half that weight. And then the last year and a half has been me focusing on getting my resting heart rate lower and improving my strength and overall quality of life. Uh, along with having both my knees replaced along the way. So uh, I guess that's a good jumping off point. Oh, yeah. I mean, like that right there, you know, clearly shows that you're, you've are you been putting in some work, man, and, and kind of come from a place where, you know, a, a challenge that a lot of people might not, you know, have seen themselves but can can understand is something that is, is hard to get past. Like what, what do you – Take us back into your into your life, man. What do you think led to you reaching, you know, that that heaviest weight you did, you know, almost six hundred pounds? Um, I, I'm right now. I'm around two hundred and eighty pounds, and that's generally what I ran around at since high school. And I was an athlete in high school, so I didn't ever really have any problems. And then I carried that with me through physical jobs in my twenties, and I wasn't taking care of myself like I should, and I wasn't able to go see a doctor when things arose and eventually my (laughs) not caring for my body and not going to see doctors when I needed caught up with me and it I wound up hurting my knees pretty badly and I moved less and then my back also started to hurt badly and the more I hurt the less I moved and again and I had horrible insurance and I did not go see doctor. So I treated myself with food and uh, drink. And that was a vicious cycle because I feel good in that moment of binging because I also have found out during my journey that I have a problem with eating everything that's in front of me and not stopping no matter how much there is. And if I have access, I will just, you know, go for more. So I, I'm like a dog in that sense. Like, I just can't stop myself from eating. And the best way for me to combat that is to not make it available. Um, But yeah, so I, when I started moving less, obviously I wasn't burning any calories. And I was hurting so bad that I just wasn't sleeping. And that wound up giving me sleep apnea. The sleep apnea led to congestive heart failure which added to my weight gain, you know, and, you know, I gained most of my weight within two years 
so another thing that happened while while I was getting big is I got I I was became really ashamed of myself. So I stopped visiting people like I stopped visiting my dad very much and I wound up losing him in the uh around Thanksgiving in 2012. And I hadn't seen him for a few months and I was planning on seeing him for Thanksgiving and not being able to see him again <laughs> and me putting it off really was a pretty bad blow to my psyche. Uh, it's something that I still am kind of recovering with right now. Um, and within like six months later, my best friend died. So I, I turned to food and drink again. Uh, I, you know, I, and every time it seemed like I I did wind up looking for help when I when I could you know I started where I couldn't barely move and I went and saw a weight loss specialist at some point in 2013 after my best friend died to try to get myself under control and that's when I found out I was over 550 pounds and that was back in 2013 I had no idea I was that big um I guess I, you know, I gained that weight so quickly that I, I just didn't have any idea how large I was. Uh, so I went, this weight loss specialist told me that, you know, I was going to need to have bariatric surgery. I was pre-diabetic and he told me about, yeah, you, you do have these food issues where you seem to just binge eat and, you know, this surgery is going to be kind of your best option. So he said, in order to do that, I was going to have to lose 70 pounds uh, to get below 500 because he didn't think they would deal with me unless I was below 500 pounds. Okay. So for the next like three months, I did lose 70 pounds uh, with his support. And uh, that was just through high protein, low carb diet. And like, um, I was using my fitness pal to track my food all the way back then. Uh, so I, after I did that, he referred me to the specialist, uh, to go ahead and try to proceed with the surgery. And my insurance company actually wound up sending me a letter saying that I was not medically needy for the surgery at 470 pounds. And I said, so what am I supposed to do then? If I'm not like, I was told by a specialist this will save my life. So I kind of took that as they wanted me to not live. <laughs> um, so the weight loss specialist at that point told me that, well, he'll, con you know, he'd continue to see me and provide support. Well, within a month, he actually closed his practice and then he didn't refer me anywhere. And I, I was struggling and I didn't have anywhere to go. And after losing my best friend and my father, I really felt like giving up. And then I, I turned myself back to food and drink again. And I let pain get the better of me. And I, I just, in 2015, I stopped leaving the house. Um, I the only people I allowed, allowed around me at that point were my, were just my close family, like my kids and, and my sister, my mother, and uh, my ex was around too sometimes. And 
And from 2015 to 2017, it was almost like I was waiting to die. Uh, I, you know, that's pretty dark, but that's how I felt. I felt like a burden and I was worthless and that I wasn't worth, I wasn't worth saving. I mean, the insurance company kind of just told them it, that's the way I took it. I'm sure it wasn't personal on their part, but I, I'm sure I'm like a line item note, but the fact that they couldn't even tell me what medically needy actually was on the phone kind of disheartened me and it made me not trust the medical profession, especially after that weight loss specialist knew that I was struggling like that and he just left me twisting in the wind. <laughs> so fast forward to 2017 and in January 20th, I was going up a flight of stairs seems like a normal enough thing to do but i could not breathe i just i couldn't catch my breath and i sat there and i struggled with it for about 15 minutes and i had an ambulance called and they took me to the hospital and i found out i had a ton of things wrong with me and that i was probably going to die if i didn't change right there so it, it was just a really long list of stuff i mean in addition to having they recorded my weight. I was 575 pounds at that point. And then I had dangerously low resting oxygen levels, sleep apnea, obviously still congestive heart failure back and forth. I had edema in my legs, so they were extremely swollen and hot to the touch a lot of times. So I suspect I was fighting off infections pretty constantly. Um, like, my legs are discolored and bruised now from that. Uh, so I still have scars from that. And then, let's see, I have high blood pressure that I've been fighting with. and I was diagnosed type 2 diabetic. And I also had blood clots in my lung and in my thigh. So I was in pretty bad shape. Is, I mean, it sounds like they basically give you like a laundry list of, okay, here's all the things. Yeah. And it's sad that I, I almost had to die to get some sort of help. I, I mean, and I, I, you know, I, there's a lot of self blame there where I'm like, well, I, I still should have just got up and tried to know where to go or what to do because it, there's another thing that happens to people when they're desperate and that's, other people seem to take advantage of that. And I've definitely had that happen <laughs> from my desperation of wanting to lose weight and not knowing which way to go. And it just seems like any opportunity they'd had to monetize on my desperation, they definitely did. And uh, that <laughs> that that's frustrating and then it makes you not trust again. And so I... I I don't know. Looking back is always hard for me because I'm like, well, why didn't I just, you know, decide back then? And I can always remember how much pain I was in and how bad I felt after every time I binged. And it really, I all I ever looked forward to was the next meal for a long time. And I would lay there in pain and not sleep. And uh, it's it just on and on kind of. I don't know. It was like a nightmare. 
Sure. No, and I, I think you hit on something really important that, you know, often, you know, that, that's a hard reality, especially having come through a journey like the one that you've been through. I mean, there's so many points in what you're talking about that I can relate to. Like, but I, I think like you really, you really put a good, a good point together where you were saying, you know, it's hard to look back because especially when you're kind of on the other side of that perspective now, when you, you've hit that point where you did decide that you weren't just going to wait to die anymore. And now you look back and you see, you know, kind of the harsh reality of what was happening and what you were doing and, and where that was leading and how that was all adding up for you. Like I, I can definitely, especially man, hearing how kind of, rapidly things had changed for you like in terms of like how fast your weight gain was and, and how that all developed and you know i'm obviously you know i think anyone listening would would be heartbroken for what you went through and, and can understand why it would push you into those those tools that you needed to be able to get through those times but i i think it's powerful for you to say that you you know can look honestly at that time now and, and say you know of course it's natural you know to say why wasn't i why was I allowing that to happen or why was I still doing this? And it, I think that is, is a part of it that makes a lot of sense, but also I can understand it being unsettling to look back at it. Sometimes I just have trouble when I'm writing posts and like reflecting on what I've gone through. And I am <laughs> some of the stuff I'm like, I, maybe I should just leave this alone because it's, you know, it's a bummer. And uh, you don't want to do that to people. Some people feel what you're saying and uh, the empathetic people. And I don't I don't want to voice that on them, even though some of them might need to hear it. Oh, I understand that. But I think also there are people that hear it who have felt that they were the only person that, that went through that or the only person that ever felt that way. And then they see that there's someone else you know one that sense of connection i think is really powerful like when i've talked about you know even when i talk about being over 500 pounds and the problems i had with hygiene you know even talk about some of those basic things like you know wiping my butt that kind of thing like i when i talk about it i'm like is is this something anyone really wants to hear about like do they need to know this part of my life and just the sheer number of people that then dm me and say I thought I was the only person that that had that problem or had that challenge or didn't know how to deal with that. Like, I think, you know, like you said, like it's it's hard sometimes because I think as someone who feels things deeply, you don't want to put those feelings on other people. But there's also some benefit to other people knowing that you were able to kind of face those challenges and face those feelings and and have come to the point that you're at now. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So after I got my laundry list of things and I decided that I was going to go forward with this and do whatever I could, you know, to take advantage of the life that I have left. And I was, I did consider myself lucky to make it back out of that hospital. It took me about a week to be discharged. So that's how much, I mean, they, it's not like they were sitting on their laurels. They were doing their very best to get me back out. But when I got out, I had a ton of doctor's appointments. Like I had to go see a cardiologist, a pulmonologist, a person for type 2 diabetes. They wanted me to get back in the bariatric program. They thought this time, you know, because my life was in obvious danger, that insurance might push it through. Um, so, and I, I saw a psychiatrist uh, for the first time, and 
that's something else that I didn't mention is I was diagnosed with severe anxiety and depression. And, you know, that seems like an obvious thing, but it needs to be said. I mean, especially if you don't know that you had it. I mean, if you're not aware that it's a thing even, then it is. And a lot of people suffer from it and it holds people back badly. So I went home at, uh, you know, a week later on oxygen. I had an oxygen tube and an oxygen machine. And my beginnings were I went back to the high protein, low carb diet to get my type 2 diabetes under control. They had me on a drug called metformin. So it was a pill. Um, and I was on a bunch of other drugs for like high blood pressure and uh, they used to have to wrap my legs to help me deal with the edema, and they taught me how to do that. So my legs for a long time, I looked like a mummy walking around <laughs> with ace bandages all over my legs. And, uh, you know, little by little, I'd, I was doing both therapy, stretch band exercises, and I, I was only able to walk around. I was only able to walk around the house like five to 15 minutes at a time per day. <sighs> And the whole time, my knees were shot. Like, my knees were permanently bent. So I couldn't straighten them out. I couldn't bend them past, like, you know, maybe 60 degrees. So I didn't have any kind of range of motion. It just standing hurt. So that's another thing. Was when I was my biggest, another thing that kept me from going anywhere is, A, I couldn't fit behind the wheel of my truck anymore. Like, if I had to suck it in to get behind my full-size truck, and I was embarrassed. B, I thought, before I even got out of my truck, I'd be like, can I make it from point A to point B? Can I do that? And if I get to point B, will there be a place for me to even sit down? So you lose your place in society when you're that big. And this affects everything. Like You're like, if I go to a doctor's appointment, am I going to be able to sit down? Am I gonna am I gonna be able to feel comfortable for if I have to wait in the waiting room? And sometimes the answer is no. And I've stopped and left places because I'm like, I can't do this. And that's just another thing that a lot of people won't understand. And if they do understand, then this is for you. I mean, there's a way back. It's not an easy way. Um Anyway, I I went I went to all my doctor's appointments. I was doing my physical therapy, and I started to lose weight pretty rapidly. And I was holding myself extremely accountable just by trying to hit sixteen hundred calories a day, and I was shooting for a hundred grams of protein at that point per day, and like less than eighty carbs per day, which isn't very much. Um, then I was drinking water every meal, and I would not eat past 6 o'clock. I had all these little rules that I followed. And rules only work if you hold yourself accountable to them, which is why I like logging my food and tracking and having that kind of goal because it, it gives me something to do, and it it is using food precisely for what it is, just fuel. I wasn't eating for any kind of enjoyment. It was more of a chore that I developed. 
and that's the way I need to treat food because I, I'm just that personality that if I get, if I'm drinking, I'll drink too much. If I'm eating, I'm going to eat too much. I just can't have it. And that's the way I am. And that is another thing that I've had to come to understand about myself. And I know there's a lot of other people that have the same kind of, you know, deal. They just, if they have a bag of M&Ms in their kitchen, they're going to go, they might not eat the whole bag right away, but during the day, they'll go back and forth 50 times and that bag will be gone within the day. So <laughs> either way, you've eaten a whole bag of M&Ms in a day. doesn't matter if you ate it in an hour or in 10 hours. Um, and that's a problem. Um, anyway, so I got, I think at the beginning of March, I got into a transformation contest to help motivate me. And by that time, I was already down to 504 pounds. And I say already, that's like 71 pounds in a couple months. So, and that, again, I wasn't doing any kind of crazy exercise. I was just moving and making myself accountable. Um, I hadn't entered the bariatric program yet, and I was still really skeptical, and I really didn't want to if I didn't have to. So I said, well, if I can do well on this transformation challenge, then maybe I'll just do it on my own. So three months go by, another 80 pounds go off, and I won the thing. Uh, that was with a company called Zervita, and they're just like a supplement company, like, you know, like a bunch of the other ones out there, like Herbalife and Avocare and all that stuff. But uh, after do, after doing that, it gave me quite a bit of confidence. I mean, that would be a boost of confidence to anybody. And I just decided, you know, I'm just going to do this on my own because I'm already doing really well. And from there, I was able to go to the swimming pool. And I found an, a place that I liked, the YMCA. And I started swimming because that was much easier on my knees. Um, and I found that it was it helped my back out tremendously uh, to be able to stretch and kind of move in ways that I wasn't able to move on land. <laughs> so that became part of my exercises I swam every single day and I started out being you know I was only swimming for like a half hour at a time in the beginning and the swimming segments actually took me from you know 425 pounds at the end of that transformation thing you know that May in 2017 all the way to my goal weight of 275 pounds like after a year and a half so and all I kept doing was I just kept adding time. So if I was able to tread water for a half hour, I went up to like you know forty five minutes. When forty five minutes got easy, I went up to an hour, and it got up to the point where I was spending an hour and a half in the pool. And then I was like, well, what do I mean? I'm, I reached my high school weight at two seventy five, and at that point, somebody asked me, well, you know, what's your real goal? Was? I don't know. I never thought about that. I was so like determined to get down to that number. 
that I hadn't thought about it any further. And a pretty big realization is that you can be successful in weight loss, but it won't make you any happier. So that's when I said, well, I'd, I'd like to just be more healthy at that point. And so then I started weight training. And I went and saw, obviously, a doctor about my knees in the meantime. And, you know, they told me what I pretty much knew they were going to have to be replaced because I, I did physical therapy for them. And the physical therapy gave me a little bit more range of motion, but I still wasn't able to, like, walk or stand for very far without being in a ton of pain. And if I did something out of the ordinary, like go visit the zoo or something where I'm on my feet all day, I would be hurting for days afterwards. And I'd, so I'd lose sleep. And I even had a cane. Like, this is embarrassing for me because I was, you know, in my late 30s and I'm walking around with a cane. So <laughs> um, there was that. But, you know, the weight training thing started. And then uh, early 2019, I knew that the knee replacements were going to come up that summer because that was my plan. And uh, then another opportunity presented itself. I did a, I did a Quest 90-day challenge, you know, Quest, the protein company. Uh, and I trained with a local guy named Joe Navit. He's pretty awesome. Uh, and I finished top 10. And that was a national contest, so I I thought I did pretty good. I mean, <laughs> uh, top 10 when I wasn't able to run or do anything, you know, I was pretty limited by my knees, and I, I still did. A, I made a pretty good showing, and I got down to 267 pounds during that contest. And, you know, after that, I went on a nice vacation and I met some people uh out in Ohio. I had somebody visit me and I you know it was great. Then a couple of weeks later I was in the surgery getting my right knee replaced. I went through all the physical therapy and the knee replacement is like they're not lying at all about how painful that is. <laughs> like it hurts so bad that I was like, man, do I really want my left knee done? And I, I was like, yeah, I better, I got to do it. So in August, I had my left knee done. And so over the summer, you know, I had them both done. And now, I'm, you know, before COVID-19, I was hitting the gym and really getting back into that whole swing of things. Because I, once again, I, I did my physical therapy for my knees in a few months. So by October. I was released and I walked 101 miles that month or something like that to just to you know get my legs back under me. And then yeah, so and then I found out, you know, now that I can walk, I really like walk. <laughs> uh I kind of wanted to be able to run. Uh, <laughs> walking when I first saw the uh orthopedic surgeon they told me that walking for fun at that point was just not recommended because of how much pain it put me in. So, yeah, that's where I was at. And now, after having my knees replaced and going through physical therapy, I actually can walk around and, like, enjoy it. 
Um, and, you know, I don't suffer at night, you know, sleeplessly in pain because of it. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's been life-changing. And uh, it, it's painful, but it's totally worth it because now I can, I can move along. Now I can keep going. And it's great to hear kind of this evolution to to what you went through and kind of also the evolution of your mindset through it all, man. Like I, what, what I'm curious about is, you know, taking us back to early 2017, you know, when you're released from the hospital and you've basically been given, you know, that list of all of these things are wrong and all of these things need to be seen by doctors. And these are challenges you're going to face and you're, you're released from the hospital with oxygen, you know, which is something you hadn't had before. What, what do you think was the big change to your mindset at that point? Like what then, what stopped you from saying, okay, this is, you know, this is the death sentence. And so it's just going to come. Like, what do you think it was that allowed you to say, no, you know, I'm not going to allow this to pull me down completely. Oh, I, uh, in the hospital, I thought like, I have two kids, uh, my son, Alexander and my daughter, Allison. And I figured you know, it doesn't matter how sad I was, how worthless I felt. I want to see them grow up and I want to see, I want to see them like, you know, chase their dreams. And I wasn't going to be able to do that if I didn't step up and change myself. You know, I, <laughs> I, I prioritize things that I could live without. And, you know, there were nothing food wise that I was like, oh, you know, I can't live without this kind of thing. I'm like, yes, I can. I can totally live without all the stuff that, you know, it's, there are bigger things that I need to chase and food is not one of them. And I don't know. I just, I was lucky that I was able to get help when I got it. And I was, you know, I was more lucky that I had the conviction to follow through with it. As a, you're still on your own. I mean, they're not going to hold your hand. <laughs> uh, and I did. Right. You, you weren't locked in a, you weren't locked in a hospital at that point, you know, for, you know, 360 days to lose the weight. Like you, it was still something you had to make the choice to do. No, they don't, they don't tell you that everything that I learned, I had to learn on my own beyond like, and I learned and expanded and it was up to me to go from walking in my living room and stretch bands to swimming, to swimming a lot, to weight training, to biking. And then, you know, after my knees to walking, you know, it, it was up to me to increase the workload and keep going. And, you know, I, <laughs> that's something that I've always had going for me is I, when I was able to, I'd always work as hard as I could, which sometimes is bad because my little pride would allow me to get hurt and then I'd like shrug it off and I'd be, you know, oh, I'm a tough guy about this and I'm not even going to go get it fixed. I'll just, you know, I'll just tough my way through it. Well, you tough your way through it until it's broken. And then when you can't do something, that's depressing. <laughs> so now, now I'm not supposed to run ever again. And I, that's hard to deal with when somebody tells you that you just you're just not gonna do that. They're like, you know, people with knee replacements, they don't, 
you know, it's not recommended that they run. You can walk quickly. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, that's some sobering news. And I was like, well, I kind of knew that I wasn't going to be able to reverse everything uh, when I started, but I didn't think I would never be able to run again. Um, I did. Like, I got type 2 diabetes down to where I don't need medication. So I'm off meds on that. I, I'm i really only on, like, two medications now, and one of them is Tylenol. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's how far I progressed. Like, I was on, like, eight when I got out of the hospital. Just a ridiculous amount of, you know, prescriptions to take every day. And now I'm down to Tylenol and... uh something to keep me from getting gout <laughs> so like, that's that's pretty much it which is amazing man like let, let's be because you know to put it in context big picture like we're looking at you know it's it's been three years you know just a little over three years since you you really started on on this major part of your journey like you've you're down around 300 pounds you're you've got two new knees you know that, that have been installed and you know to see those those medicines go away like i think that's there's something really impressive and powerful there to see that you were able to not only you know choose to make those changes but also you know come from the place that you came from like you would you know you would use food and use like you said food and drink you know as coping for a lot of really challenging things that have been going on in your life and you know you you chose to make better choices now and what how do you just what is your relationship with food like now like knowing wh where it had been and knowing that you know the the eat all the food in front of you you know binge mentality like where where is your relationship with food at now uh food is just a habit for me now like i i prepare with my meals and then i know pretty much what i'm gonna have for every day like i'll plan the day in the morning and usually it'll consist of like some sort of protein shake for breakfast and lunch. And then I'll have like a snack in between somewhere. And then dinner is always some sort of meat. And, uh, you know, if I'm so inclined, I can make like a side. But it's always planned. And um, that's all. I don't, I don't order food anymore. I just don't. Because I know for me to control what I'm doing and for me to log all this stuff, I have to stick to my plan. And that's, that's kept my hand out of the cookie jar a bunch of times, more times than you'd probably think. Like thinking, hmm, do I want to log this? And me being honest with myself, I'm like, no, I don't want to log any of this, so I'm not going to eat there. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like uh but again you can you can fib to yourself or you can just not log it that's up to you uh but i you know i'm lucky that i can hold myself that accountable where i'm just like oh, i'm I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna do that to myself because i i know where i was and being honest with myself was where this starts you know that's where the healing starts um yeah, I I still have cravings, obviously, but like, I don't act on them. And do you think it's 
So it, it really for you sounds like it's it's that commitment to the honest logging, like being honest with yourself is the thing that allows you to fight those those cravings and, and those moments because you know that even if you're not, you know, what even if you know that the craving is still going to exist, you're committed to that that honest recording and knowing what you know what you whether you want to see that happen or not. Yep, definitely. Uh I yeah, I, that's just my major tools. I record, and that's that's been the most helpful thing in terms of that. I mean, I also I this is helpful to some, but not to all, because food is available everywhere, and you can get whatever you want delivered pretty much. But if you don't buy stuff that is bad, and you don't have it there. That makes a humongous difference if you remove the temptation. Um, so I, that's just the way I am now. It's uh, If I go to the store, I have a specific list of things that I'm going to get. And, you know, I don't let my eyes wander. <laughs> well, no, that's, that's a powerful thing. Like, I, I think too often you hear people kind of abdicate responsibility when it comes to food. You know, and say, well, the cookies were there, so I ate the cookies. Like... But the, the cookies had like cookies don't just show up in our houses overnight. You know, those foods don't just magically get deposited somewhere. You know, there's you know, they show up for reasons. And, you know, whether that's us buying them or someone else buying them and bringing them in, like there's like you said, like it's the presence, the sheer presence is is a choice just to have it there. Right. And like, if it's there, like I'll pick at it. And that's that's the way it is with me. I, I can't stop it. And. uh I don't think it's weak-willed to like admit that you have a problem with something and then address it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having a problem like that. I, lots of people struggle in, in similar ways with different kinds of things. Um, it, it's the main thing is is that you address it and you know move on and you know I try try to actually. Uh, work around it or work through it for sure and i think that level of challenge can be different for every person so it, it can be hard sometimes where someone else is saying well you know couldn't you just have a little bit of that like couldn't you just keep a little bit of that around like when they don't have the same perspective they can say that but again it's that's not how i operate and i know it like i i've spent enough time thinking about this and knowing how i act and I'm like, if I have a bag of chips, guess what? I'm either going to eat the whole bag of chips in one shot or I'm going to eat it throughout the day and the bag is going to be gone within the day. It's not going to stick around. And that's how I've always been. Um, <laughs> like if I make a plate of food, anything on my plate is going in my stomach. <laughs> so I've, I got a, I got a food scale. I measured my portions. I know exactly what I'm eating at all times. That's how I operate. And also, I don't eat anywhere except for in the dining room or the kitchen. And that's it. Like, I don't take food all over the house anymore. And, you know, you, you make a ritual out of your meals. And that builds into a habit. And then maybe you're not going to reach for those snacks and snack on the couch or whatever. Uh, <laughs> that's just what works for me. No, I, I think it's smart that you 
you you take an honest you've taken an honest look at you know what will what will throw you off and you know what what rules you need in place you know to be successful like i think sometimes people want to compare themselves to other people or do what they see someone else doing and i think it's more important that we each really take a, a really stark honest look at like what are the things that would challenge us what are the things that will help us guarantee our success because in the end no one else can do it for us like it's got to be something that we can sustain and do ourselves yeah, that's also been a kind of huge thing for me is I knew in the beginning that whatever I was going to adopt, I was going to a have to learn to adjust it if things weren't working out. Or I was also going to have to live with whatever these choices were for forever. I mean, it's not like a am going to eat this way for three months and then I'll be good. I knew that I was in such a bad way that I was going to have to do a lifetime change. So <laughs> I, nothing I none of the changes I've made were some lighthearted decision. It was like, I'm dead serious about this because it's going to cost me my life. And if you take that kind of seriousness in your health, then you're bound to succeed. Oh, I, I think that makes sense, man. And like, so what, what I'm curious about, so now looking at where you've gotten to now, like you, you've taken us through this really great look at like, everything that kind of brought you to where you are today. And obviously, I know the current circumstances with the, you know, with the quarantine and COVID is throwing a monkey wrench into all of our plans. But what do you see as the challenges that, that lay in front of you now? Like, what are, what are the, the goals that you still have? Uh, after I... There's still I, what I really want to do is I'm trying to reduce my resting heart rate further, and uh, I'm in the process. I'm also trying to gain strength, and I'm making progress that way. But uh, I, I need to get my mobility back in my legs to where, and that's coming along too. I mean, I'm able to walk, you know. It, six or seven miles at a time before I really have to tap out now. But um, again, that's something that <laughs> I have to work on. It's uh, the, with the quarantine and the gyms closing, like I obviously I can't go swimming and go lift and everybody's in that same situation. But I've been doing DDP yoga, which I actually picked up when I first started. And that helped me because his approach I thought was unique because he had like limited mobility movements for people that were very overweight or just people that were injured. And I like that. I mean, you, <laughs> what if you're not Jillian Michaels and you can't do jumping jacks and lunges and stuff? <laughs> right. You're not, you're, you're not pulling your ankle over your head the first day. Right. And he makes you think, he makes you feel, not think, that I have a starting point. And he encourages you to make his pro you know, make his program your program by modifying. And that is what I've been doing the whole time anyway. I you know, I take the knowledge and then I apply it. And I've applied it to the gym as well. So like if there's certain things that I can't do, I'll do a variation that I can do. And that Everything that I learned, I wind up applying it. Uh, so training with Joe, 
uh, learning from the DDP video, swimming, all these things I'm incorporating now and I'm using uh, to better myself. And I, I think it sounds, it, it goes back to something you said a little while ago, you know, about, you know, your willingness to do the work. Like, if you run into something that isn't going to work for you specifically, you, you find a way to keep doing it, you know, even if it's modified or, you know, in a different variation. Like, I think that shows that perseverance that you, you, you possess and, and that you've, you've grown stronger in. Oh, that's definitely true. Uh, that's the whole reason why I was swimming. Uh, because I found that, hey, I'm not going to be able to walk or run because of my knees and uh, everything hurt. And while I was able to do a limited amount of yoga at first, I was also trying to get back out into the world and see people. <laughs> and swimming, swimming got me there. And then when I found out that, you know, I paid, hey, this feels good and I could work hard doing it. You know, I weighed my options like, yeah, swimming is the way to go at this point. And you you can't be afraid to change things and uh, to improve. I think that makes sense, man. And looking at, at how far you've come, you know, in, in just even the past three years, the, the changes you've made, you, you talked earlier about, you know, how it can be hard to look back on where you were at, you know, go back 2012, 2013 to that time. like. If you could talk to to the Logan then, like what, or even even to someone who's listening to this show, who is in that place that you were in then, you know, who's you know approaching six hundred pounds and and not seeing a light, you know, at the end of their tunnel, like what are what are the messages or the the lessons that you would want to give to that person? There's always a way out. I mean, it and it. I know how it feels that. You know, this is hopeless, and I was in that, you know, tomorrow I'm going to change. I was in that up until the day where it almost killed me. Tomorrow I'm going to do this, and, you know, there's no day like today to get going on making yourself better. Uh, when you look back on how you were, like I look back on how I was, I would tell that person, that hey, I was there, and I know exactly how you feel, and there is a way out. If you can keep yourself accountable, uh, you just got to take that first step. And uh, sometimes that step involves you finding help. <laughs> uh, and even if that help is just having somebody else listen to you, and like an accountability partner, or just, you know, you go see the doctor and get started that's something i mean you just gotta you gotta be willing to take that first step otherwise you're not you're not ever gonna get anywhere and again i i can totally relate to somebody that's like well tomorrow tomorrow's the day but you know don't be like i was and wait until tomorrow almost doesn't come you don't want to do that and you don't need to suffer that long i think that makes a lot of sense man and i i think it really is that message that you know, simply put, you said it, you know, there is a way out, you know, and I, and I think it's it's very easy, especially when people have struggled or have tried other things and get frustrated. Like, I think that's one of the things that's really unique to your story is 
there are, you know, I even know for myself, like at different points in my, you know, early journey, you know, when things would not work or I couldn't do something that I wanted to do, like that's when I would quit because I would just go, go back to that place of, well, this isn't going to work. There's really nothing I can do. You know, you let those voices take over. And I think that message that there is a way out and sometimes you just have to, it takes a little, takes a little longer for you to find it. It takes a little more work for you to, to discover what that path is. Definitely. And, uh, everybody's way is different. Like, there's not one single, you know, golden brick road way out. Uh, but if you get the support you need along the way, then you'll find it. You, you got to make your own way. <laughs> but the first, the thing that you got to do is you definitely have to be honest with yourself and you definitely have to put your health first. Uh, I understand if you want to take care of your family, you want to take care of your friends and stuff, but you can't take care of them if you're messed up. That's something that I had to learn the hard way, right? You can't, you can't put somebody else and, you know, put them on a pestle and oh, I'm going to take care of them at my own, at the cost of my own health. That's not going to work because eventually your health's going to fail and then you won't be doing anybody any good. So take care of yourself first. And then you can take care of others. I think that sounds great, man. I think that does sound great. And Logan, we, we've talked about some of the really challenging points of your journey and, you know, some of the darker places that you've come from, like where you're at now. What, I, I'm just I, I'd like to hear what are the things now that make you happy? Like what are what are the things that really bring that 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 drive to continue in your life? I. <laughs> The things that make me happier, I think that my my children are proud of me, and I feel like I can I can be a better father to them. Um, I also <laughs> I do like when I can help somebody that is having a hard time and doesn't think they can doesn't think they can change. I like when I can show them that hey, it's possible. And you are worth it. Um, I, and I, you know, as far as simple things go, I, I really like to swim. I like being outside. And I feel so lucky <laughs> that I get to walk around and enjoy the sun. And I, I don't want to be trapped away. This quarantine has been horrible because I spent three years fighting to not be trapped. <laughs> and now we are. Everybody is, uh, but, you know, anytime I get a chance, I like to go outside and enjoy that weather and uh, have a walk and do the things that I didn't think I was going to be able to do. And I, I want to travel and do, like, I couldn't fit into airplanes. I couldn't do, I, there were so many things that I just couldn't do when I was bigger. That now, like the world is kind of like my oyster. I can, I can do all these things, and I can take my kids with me if I want. Um, you know, I I can go back to school. I can have, I can have a career where I make a difference, where I feel like I'm, you know, worthy. I want to be, I want to be, uh, you know, a good citizen, pretty much. I guess I don't know. I want to be useful to everybody. I, I think that makes sense, Ben. And I think it's, 
you know, you, you talk about, you know, when it's something I've said before, and I, I think it resonates with what, what you were sharing. Like when, when you get to be that size, when you get to be over 500 pounds, when you get to be almost 600 pounds, your world becomes very small. And the amount of the actual world that you interact with becomes very small. And when you make that change, it opens up all these possibilities again. So like, I, I don't doubt that you'll make all those things happen because you've, you've reclaimed that future that, you know, was slowly slipping away from you. Like you, you, you're doing the work to make those possibilities possible. Yeah, but I'd agree with that for sure. And I, and I think also something that you know, should be said, like when you talk about, you know, wanting to be able to help people and, and help people see that things are possible for them. Like, I think that's something that does come through in what you share, you know, on your Instagram account and in the posts that you put out there. And, you know, we can see if you're following, you know, following along, we can see the sweats you're getting from the DDP yoga workouts now that you're, you're doing while we're in the quarantine. And, but also just being able to share that message of where you were and where you are now, I, I think is very powerful. Uh, I hope it's helpful. Uh, I, again, I could barely walk. Just three years ago, I was barely able to walk. And, you know, a lot can change if you put put your effort in there and you keep yourself honest to yourself. It sounds selfish, but it's not. It goes right back to what I said. You can't help anybody if you're messed up. No, I, I think that cuts right to it, man. Like, that really is a good a good kind of point to put on the, the sentence of your journey. Like, you know, I think that's very, very well said. And if people listening to the show today you want to, you know, interact and not just be inspired by what you're posting, but talk to you about, you know, maybe those challenges they're facing or, you know, get some of that support. What's the best way for them to reach out to you, man? Oh, if they're on Instagram, they can hit me up on there. I always answer my DMS. Um, otherwise if they, they can look me up on Facebook messenger, but I honestly, I have a great disdain for Facebook. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I don't post on there anymore. And I have messenger, but I just, again, I do not check Facebook very often. So, and let people know what is the name of your Instagram account. Oh, it's Wiz Dreamer, so W I Z Dreamer. And I'll definitely, you know, obviously put a link to to Logan's profile in the show notes. Logan, I I want to say thank you for you know being willing to open it, be open up, and share your journey with our with the audience today. Like I, I just think. There's there's a lot there that people can learn and, and see that there's possibility, you know, to get out of situations that, that you find yourself, you know, feeling trapped in. What, if anything, did you want to say today that you haven't gotten a chance to share? Well, uh, everybody's in the same boat right now. Uh, and <laughs> this is a frustrating situation for everybody on the planet, but we're not going to get out of it any faster by grumbling and you could cause yourself great harm by not moving. So I encourage you to still get up and move and be safe about it. Uh, we're all in the same boat and we're going to get through this. And if you're in a situation like I was in and like Gormy was in, where you feel trapped, reach out and, you know, you'll find your way out. Just 
you need to get one foot in front of the other and take that first step. There you go, man. I think that makes a lot of sense. So, Logan, one of the things I end every episode of the show with is five questions I call the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run-through today? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, up first, question number one. Living or dead, tell us, Logan, who is your favorite fat guy? Oh, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe Curly from the Three Stooges. There you go. I like that one. I like that one. Question number two, Logan. Thinking about you know in your your bigger days, what would what was your go to quintessential fat guy meal? Oh, that was a bunch of like Domino's pizza, <laughs> like two medium pizzas, uh, cheese sticks, and dessert, and a two liter of pop. Like an insane amount of food. Yeah, it's, it's it's wild when you look back on something like that, and you, especially if you're someone that's become not necessarily you know keto or low carb, but even conscious of of the macros of food, and you look at wow, like just the the sheer the, the numbers kind of rolling over on the calculator if you were to add all that up. Uh, yeah, it was a, it was crazy, uh, but again, it's that's like all I ever look forward to, and like that is. You know, that's how I would treat myself when I didn't, I was in so much pain, I didn't want to move. And it was a, it's crazy now that I think about it like that. But yeah, that's, that's what I used to do. It was, it was a ton and it was bad. Oh, and I, I think whether so, people can relate to it or not, like that idea of medicating yourself with food is a real powerful thing for a lot of us. It is exactly what that was. Uh, like I look forward to that high that I got after eating and I look forward to it so much. That, and I knew that the low was going to come afterwards and I didn't care. I was like, I'll take that. I'll take that little slap in the face afterwards. You know, that shame and regret that I feel if I can have that high for just a second. <laughs> and that, that's how powerful food is. Oh yeah. It's almost like you get to that, you know, that when you have that kind of relationship with food that you, you 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 accept the downsides like you accept what it's doing to your body you accept the pain you accept the physical challenges just because you're having those moments uh yeah definitely i mean it, it's like a it's like anything else you can get addicted to okay logan so question number 3 thinking about Someone out there who is in the, that position you were in three years ago, what is your number one piece of advice for them to get to help them get their journey started? Uh, my number one uh, rule or my number one piece of advice is definitely to schedule a doctor's appointment and go get a physical and get any kind of medical like issues that you have. Uh, documented and get started on working on them with a professional. Um, that's uh, that's going to be the first step forward for you. And you know they're they're going to guide you, right? 
And I know that I've had issues with insurance and in doctors, and I'm sure a lot of other people have them too. But you can't solve high blood pressure by yourself. Uh, you can't. There's certain things you're not going to be able to do by yourself, and this is going to be, this is going to give you kind of a layout on where you need to go and what your health goals are going to be. So that I think that's the very first place that a person that was in my situation, you know, if they're morbidly obese and they're limited mobility or what have you, a doctor is the first place you need to go. And don't let your anxiety keep you from going. And it's not something that you should put off uh, because you might not have it tomorrow. I think that that's excellent advice, man. And I think it's something we overlook too often. Beyond that, it's up to you to keep going and, um, you know, take control of your um, your dietary habits and your exercise habits. And I'm not saying that you need to go out there and, you know, break your butt for two hours in the gym every day. I started, again, five, five to 15 minutes just walking around inside the house and doing stretch band exercises sitting down. I mean, it was a very humble beginning considering where I'm at now. I think that's enough probably to get started on. There you go. There you go. I like it, man. Question number four. Uh, what resource, podcast, YouTube channel, book, person, do you suggest that people look into if they need motivation? Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, uh, I I like a guy called Ben the Barman, Steve Shaw. He's kind of a – he's – you know, no nonsense approach kind of guy. And then, um, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I, <laughs> I try to be, I try to be the motivation myself. You're obviously a good person to look up to in that regard too. Um, I, I don't know though. I mean, I don't, I don't normally even listen to podcasts very often. I just kind of zone out with my music and, um, I, my trainer, Joe and Abbott, uh, he's local and he's been a pretty good source of information for me. But other than that, I like if I need, uh, if I need like a demonstration on how to do an exercise, like Athlean X is pretty good. But, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, Diamond Dallas Page Yoga and all that around they they have like a bunch of different types of videos and stuff that you can follow too but uh i don't know I've, I've been my own source of motivation it seems like uh personally so uh, a lot of times yeah, a lot of times i just look back at where i was and where i am now and then i wonder if i keep going like this where am i going to be in three years you know three more years and then i'm like hmm you know, and that that's enough for me. <laughs> no, there you go, man. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that makes a lot of sense. So question number five, last question for you today, Logan. Then you get to get off the hot seat. Tell us, Logan, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness, or weight loss related? Oh. Oh, I, I want to see the ocean. <laughs> and that. I, that might be hard, but like, 
I live in Iowa and I've never seen it. Right. I've seen, like Michigan and like, you know, some thick bodies of water, but I've never seen the ocean, either, any of them. So I, that's a life goal for me and I, I want to get it done here in the next year. Uh, but let's see what kind of travel restrictions we're going to have and <laughs> the speed at which this, this whole thing clears up. I mean, that, that might throw a monkey wrench in it. I could always drive out there, I guess, but um, I don't know. I mean, that's just something that I, that I keep in the back of my head for me. I like it. I like it a lot, man. I think that's great. So I have no doubt that that's something that you, you know, come hell or high water, you'll you'll find a way to make that happen during the next year, you know, or as soon as you can. So I, I look forward to seeing how that goes for you. That, that, that sounds like an awesome goal, man. So, Logan, I just want to say thank you again so much for taking the time to come on the show today. I really appreciate you sharing your experiences with our audience. And also, as I mentioned, I'm going to put a link to Logan's page in the show notes of this episode. So, Logan, again, just really from the, the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for being willing to take us into your story today. Well, thanks for having me and thanks for listening. Of course, man, of course. And for those of you out there who want to find me, you can track me down on Instagram at gourmet underscore goes underscore keto on the, like I said, on the Instagram. On Twitter, you can find me at GourmetGoesKeto, and you can also email the show at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. If you're listening on an Apple device, please rate us and give us a review because that helps get the show in front of more people's eyes and gets to get stories like Logan's in front of more people. So my friends, whatever your challenges you're facing today are, remember to do something to amaze yourself because you are amazing people. And then come join us again on the Fat Guy Forum.